Pitch Deck Asia. Your story, your words. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Pitch Deck Asia. This is the show that showcases some of the best and most exciting startups across the Asian startup ecosystem. My name is Graham Brown. I'm joined in the studio after a short break. A good friend, MJ Kumar from the Insights Club team. Last time we met, well, I think it must have been a year and a half, two years ago. MJ, how are you doing? Oh, it's, it's been great. Yeah. So last time that we came here, it was more than a year now. So yeah, yeah. it has been really a great uh, after that. Well, we met in different circumstances. You came to the studio in Singapore. Yes. In the days yes. when you could travel. Absolutely. Today you're in Kuala Lumpur. That's true. And a lot has happened. So maybe before we jump into Insights Club today, let's do a quick recap. I actually, to be honest, the first time I met you, I've got to say, was not in the studio, but at Murudi. That's right. Uh, yeah. You were doing, yeah. I think it was the demo day that it you. It was the Murudi demo day. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. In the beginning. Yeah, that was, yeah. well, no, you, you had been going for about a year then now, right? Is that right? So, yeah, so yeah, the first that. time, yeah, the first time we met was the Murudi demo day when you came to that, uh, and then we had a quick catch up. Yeah. 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 So that was the first time we met together. That's true. Oh, that was yeah. more than two years ago, right? That was two and a bit years ago, or maybe two. Uh, it was, it was mid of 2018, I would say. Yeah. You really yeah. aced that demo day. I remember everybody talking about you guys afterwards. You created a buzz. What, what did you do at the demo day that got people excited? Because yours was the startup everybody was talking about. I think we have been uh, doing pretty well ever since we started, obviously, because of uh, many ways, uh, you know, uh, most of the time, I would say that the startups start with idea, you know, uh, and then, you know, you develop it and then you develop and develop and then finally you go and then sell. Mm. Uh, our, our approach was totally different than everyone else in the market and we are still different than everyone else in the market. So we believe in that, hey, let's not develop something and then sell. Let's develop, use it, experience it, and pivot it, and then innovate it, re-innovate it. And that's where, you know, we are developing and we are not doing any any, any wastage in terms of, hey, I have done that and then I'm just selling it. Hmm. So so the benefit what we had since beginning is, you know, we had a set of clients, customers working with us on the, on, on the, on the day one ever since we started. And, and, and we are developing our product on the back of our client experience, not what we just believe, but what we think is, is what they want. And, and that's the differentiation we always believe in. And that's what something we will always continue doing that. Mm. So, so we always had a great customers supporting us uh, ever since we started. And, and you know, it, it, it's, it's a differentiation, I would say. You came from that world. You were... Uh, previously at Neil, was it Nielsen, Kantar? Uh, I, I, I work for uh, Nielsen, I work for Kantar, uh, I work for Milbert Brown, I work for TNS, all the big You've players in the market. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the big research houses. <laughs> all but you left to start your business. Can I just go back to that point? Because it's often quite a good insight when especially I know investors love finding out about founders and their origin myths and team, you know, when you, you're hiring people, they want to know about how you got to this point. 
that point in which you left the corporate world of research and decided to set up on your own, what was going through your mind then? Was it, did you see something that was a problem that you wanted to fix or you felt that now is the time to blossom on your own as a startup founder? What were the thoughts at that point? I was always uh, by, by nature a disruptor or someone who wants to uh, do something of our own. So I, that, that's me, that's my character. So this is not my first startup. I had a startup quite early days when I started working for uh, Nielsen in 2002 or three in, in early days, you know, I, I was very new to the market. And then I started and I failed badly. So, you know, a lookout for a right opportunity. And, 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 you know, uh, while working in, in multiple country, uh, multiple rules with multiple, you know, all, all these big guys, all the big players in the market, I realized, and, and obviously it's not me. I mean, that, that's where, you know, uh, I, I uh, partnered with my co-founder, Paddy. So, uh, you know, there was a, always stress coming out from the customer, be it Milbert Brown or Nielsen. And so as I would say that they are still having the same uh, issues that, hey, how do I get even uh, more real time data, more actionable insights? And, and I, I, I don't really want to invest that much. So you, you always been given a boundary to perform. And, and as a big player like Cantor or Nelson, you know, it's not easy to simply change because of the hierarchy, because of the global protocol, because of the big organization. So they always had a struggle. What do I do? How do I win it? You know, so that was the click. Man, if they are struggling, what's going to happen? You know, I mean, something they can't change it so easily. So definitely there is a need to disrupt. Hmm. There is a need to invent, reinvent, and then come out of something which can uh, offer something similar in a better uh, price, more attractive, and then more actionable insights. And that's where I thought of that, oh, this is a great, great opportunity to, to start and pick it. And such Insights Club was born. And then that's the, yeah, yeah. That's the journey. Before we start on, have a look at your pitch deck today. Uh, we're broadcasting live on YouTube. Do you have anybody watching live at the moment, MJ? Have you shared this around friends and family? I, I, I have. I have shared it to a couple of my guys. So right, probably, yeah, it, yeah. I'll give yeah. you a chance to put a shout out to them because they're watching yeah. it this time. So go ahead. You yeah. want to say so, hi to them? Hey, guys. Uh, watch me and hear me on this Pitch Take Asia uh, podcast and the link which I have shared it to you guys. Okay, well, they should already have that then if they're watching you. Yes, yeah. But give him a like. If you're watching on YouTube, then like the video because then YouTube will know that Absolutely. other people yeah. can discover it as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, let's start by having a look at the pitch deck. And I want to do this sort of a bit back to front, if I may. So if, if Barrett, if we can get the pitch deck up and then we'll start. I want to start having a look at the clients first and then work backwards. So if we have a look at the clients, which is slide 28, I think, let's just jump there and then we'll work backwards in the pitch deck. This is the uh, customer list to die for. These are, some, some, yeah, these are some key customers. So we work with more than 40 customers uh, at this time, Graham, across Malaysia and Singapore. Okay, so for those who can't see and are just listening, 
you just take your pick. You can throw a dart at this and pick any of these brands. You've got Colgate, Palmolive, you've got Suntory, you have OCBC on the financial side, Maxis, AirAsia, Dentsu, Aegis. You've got all of the large brands in there and I've missed out brands like Grab, for example. So, you know, it's it's extensive network of what we'd call blue chip clients. Absolutely. Yeah. You obviously speak their language, which is really important in this game, isn't it? That you know, it's not just about being a startup, but it's about appreciating their needs and their pain points. What do you think you see in these companies, their pain points with research now? I mean, you've worked with very resourced companies as, you know, as your employers, and now you're going to these clients directly. What are they saying now? And my two questions would be, what are they saying about research now? And really what has happened in the last year, if I can say that with the COVID situation, and how has that changed anything with research? So let's start again with what's the pain now with large corporates and research and insights? Uh, it's, a, it's a really a great question, um, you know, and, and it's it's a question which is going to be always there in the market. So research is all about data, right? And, and data is the king, irrespective of your situation, irrespective of uh, where we are, whether it's a, a pre-pandemic, whether it's a, a COVID, whether it's a, it's a bad time, up time, down time, you know, you always going to need your data. Now, what form of data do I need in order to act and use and help in order to grow my business, right? So research has been there since ages. Now, there are different forms of research we are seeing month on month, year on year, and that it is evolving absolutely, you know, in, in crazy. Now, uh, you know, we, I mean, obviously, what what makes us different and what we see, uh, I would I would I, I would not talk about the differentiation part because your question was more the pain points. Brands are still looking out because they still want to grow the the consumer sentiments, the consumer data. You know, uh, you know how do I reach out to them? Because you know everybody is trying to connect with the consumer, and the consumer is the king. They, they, and then how do I help them connect with their consumer is what everybody is looking out for and the brands are looking out for. So the time, I, I would say that the differentiation which I am seeing that versus past versus uh, and now is you want something really, really fast. You want something really, really quick. Hey, I can't really wait for a month to know one my consumer sentiments because you are acting in a very real time. And and that's where the difference and, and the change I'm seeing in the industry in the last couple of uh, years since I was working versus now I am uh, working for my own startup. So it, it's more in a real time. It's more in a quick. And, and at the same time, you are you know, uh, much more informed. So you can't simply get away with some information, some data, You it, it has to be more actionable information, which is something I want and I want to use in my product development, packaging, uh, decision-making, managing my campaign, of, uh, and, and, and you know, even understanding my uh, brand perceptions, brand reputation. So it's all about more in real time more actionable and, and most important is 
you know uh, understanding the consumer the better you understand the better you connect mm-hmm. with them and then the better you grow with that brand so that that's the kind of uh, pain points they are still looking for and that's where i think we are we are they are quite okay when you talk about understanding the consumer i'm curious what the understanding of the clients is these days because do they know what kind of data they need in the old days often you know you would know i mean i worked in that industry as well is that you would run a focus group you would feed a bunch of teenagers pizza and they would come and you'd look at them through the glass even but like i think one of the problems has always been that the insights managers within these large corporates or a, a marketing manager or a brand manager didn't necessarily know what data they needed. And, you know, obviously companies like uh, Satmetrics came along and said net promoter score, you need to measure recommendations. And that sort of gave people leadership and said, you need to measure this one metric. Where, where are we now with clients and metrics? Are they asking for specific data? They are smart. They are what's smart happening now? now. You know, they are very smart now. And, and they know exactly what they want. They know a lot about their consumer data. They know a lot about uh, insights. So, so the missing part is they, they always look for more specific. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, you know, we do uh, a beverage tracking for one of the uh, beverage brand. And they exactly want, hey, I want to track my channel. Where do they drink my beverage? How do they drink my beverage? When do they drink my beverage? You know, and what triggers them to buy 100 ml pack versus 200 ml pack versus two two liter pack versus 1.5 liter pack? So now the brands are much. They know a lot about it. You know, because data they have been. You know, it, it's you have very uh, few new brands in the market. The brands are there since ages. So they. The time has gone where you know you can you know they are they are looking for recommendation but they are more specific, they are more uh, informed about what they are doing and what they want and that's the smartness I am seeing uh, in in the clients nowadays compared mm. to uh, ten years or five years back. Well, we'll have a look at your um, platform and the the showcase in the pitch deck as well and have a look a bit at how you deal with that. Just really before we sort of jump in, I guess that puts a lot of pressure on you. I mean, you, you've talked about the stress from the clients in the old days, like more and more real-time data, and now it's getting more and more specific. Yeah. And so I imagine for any kind of market research or insights provider, the challenge is getting that real specificity of data, isn't it? Is that how do That's I get right. right down to the granular and almost pre-empty what the client's going to come with next, get more granular than the client yeah. wants now. So yeah. I'm one step ahead of them when they're ready. Yeah. Yeah. I'm there. I've got that yeah. data. Yeah. So is that not for you or the whole research industry, just a, a moving target that you have to get more and more specific? Or do you have to sort of say, okay, maybe we have to approach this from a different angle now. Um, you know, that actually if we just get more and more micro it's going to get harder and harder. Give me the top level of that, how you see the problem or how you think about the problem of getting more and more real-time data for your clients and how maybe you do it differently being a disruptor to other people. So, you know, um, it's all about digital. You know, now we all are in a digital era because everybody is using mobile phone, everybody is using internet, right? 
So, you know, I mean, the time has gone where I need to ask Graham, hey, what do you do? I know a lot many information about Graham without I ask you. And that's the smartness. That's the, you know, uh, smartness or, or the benefit of the technology to get that information and then use it while I'm analyzing people like Graham. And, and bring those pieces and then I, I can be more real time because I am not depending upon anybody. It, it's a technology helping us to get those information. And, and that's where we are smartly playing on our mobile app where we have started acquiring users to install our mobile app and then get a lot more passive information, a lot more behavioral information. And that's the differentiation and that's the smartness I would say uh, we have been uh, playing on uh, since we started. So what we play and what we do, uh, Graham, is we have a mobile app where we ask user to install it and then we access a lot more behavioral information. So I know what do you consume, what do you, what content do you watch, what is your browser history, uh, what kind of mobile app do you uh, spend, uh, or your ride-handling services, can be food delivery services, can be e-commerce purchase, can be your location, where do you go? And that gives us almost 70, 80% of the information about a person or a persona or a consumer behavior. And we, we bring all these information and then we analyze it in a, in a very structured way and create more solution based on business which marketeers are looking for. So say if I am looking to develop some sort of product or new packaging or, or new concept for my, probably, you know, I, or maybe I, I want to understand my consumer uh, perception. I, I want to understand about my market reputation, brand reputation, brand build. So I use relevant information and I give it to them specifically what they are looking for. And that's the differentiation we are trying to bring using technology. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's have a look. Let's jump into the pitch deck if we can and have a look at some of that. If we go right back, I think you've already talked about this now. You've mentioned it. This is a key part of your value proposition. If we go to slide three on the pitch deck, Barrett, and have a look at that, go right to the top. And you've already mentioned it. You've mentioned about the problem and how you view it differently as being what I do versus what I say. Yeah. And to somebody who's not in the research industry, maybe this is not a big deal but I think you've placed a lot of emphasis in the, in your approach, haven't you? Is that actually you've mentioned, for example, passive data collection, which I guess is what I'm doing as opposed to the active stuff, which is I say I like this brand, this brand, this brand. Maybe you can help us understand some of the concepts. You talk about passive and behavioral yeah, and slide yeah. as well that we're looking at. So put it all into a nice synopsis for us. I think, see, uh, I would say that you know, there are some difference between what you do versus what you say. So I, I'll tell you the difference. Uh, say Graham is a very health conscious person and you plan to go to gym twice in a week, but do you really go? That's mm -hmm. your plan, right? So sometimes you are, your claim is not your actual data. That's your perception. That's what you plan for. But yeah, your, your, your actual data is what you consume, what you use, what you do. So I, I would say, hey, what do I like to watch? Probably I like to watch maybe hundreds of drama types. But do I really watch all those drama? Versus what do I really con consume every day? Is what makes me actual, you know, I'm, I'm seeing my consumer really, the way they consume, the way they are looking for the information. See, you know, so it is not the same what we claim, what we expect, 
and the way we behave in in reality so that's the differentiation we are trying to bring by accessing uh passive behavioral information and we do do some task where we also ask you to say something like what do you buy so i i will tell you to whenever you buy something just snap that image and then upload it to my product and probably i will know actually what are you consuming so i do lot many things more on task hyperlocal activity based task and and that that's where it it brings us uh, in a different position uh, from others and I, it also allows us to be more real time because you know I, i don't depend too much on collecting information because when the moment you start collecting you will need probably some extra time mm-hmm. yeah and and, uh, and from the consumer side uh, you know i mean grab uh, you know not grab is not a right example i would say facebook take example of facebook take example of google they are using your data for whatever purpose mm-hmm. but they don't incentivize you for anything right where we allow our consumer to let us use your the information and let me pay you back the more i use the more i pay you and that's where they feel more empowered that's where they see more transparent where my data is being used and how i am helping brands uh, or, or or category or or the category i consume or the category i want to consume probably in a better offerings so if we are trying to uh, bring more customer consumer in 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 center using our approach right we'll have a look at the app in a minute i, w- I want to ask you about that just a couple of things firstly at the beginning talking about the difference between let's say you've got a customer who says they you know when surveyed they tell you that they watch documentaries and education but really they spend all the time watching korean so popular right <laughs> as an example that's very typical yeah. do you do you see very obvious differences in consumer psychology like how we like to portray ourselves and the reality it, 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 it's a lot of difference yeah what sort of yeah. typically where does it happen and you know you know like, i mean, I, mean I, i you know i would say that uh, you know uh, we are doing lot more uh, consumer centric research and for uses understanding of the user you know uh, consumer behavior and in terms of the brand reputation uh i i do see that uh, when you you know your your perception can be really big really great because that's your social status but mm-hmm. in, in 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 reality your you you know I, i'll ask you a question gaham uh, how much do you earn probably that's yeah. something you will over claim or you you will try to be very politically correct yeah look good yeah you know i mean many are cases where you know you ask certain information hey uh, what do you do oh, i i want to look good let me ask over claim you know that's the consumer sentiment right versus do i really do it is what makes me more real historically that's how we've always done it though isn't it we've done focus group surveys or but there, there has been you know the, the time has come to change right. you know yeah and brands are looking for you know I wouldn't say that everything is going to change in a day, in a month, mm-hmm. in a year, but definitely uh, in, in 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 coming years or years, probably it's 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 we are going to capture the market slowly, and people are looking for that sort of more information eventually. Mm-hmm. It's a niche, but definitely it's 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 what we they are looking for. 
And I noticed as well in your pitch deck, and we'll come to it, is that you still do focus group-like activities as well, you know, where you actually interview people directly. So there is a place for that. It's different to what it used to be, but maybe we can have a look at that as well. Let's jump back in. If we can have a look at slide five and six. So let's start with five, because this actually gives people an idea of the app. We scroll down a little bit here. So this is the mobile app. Yeah, yeah that's you, true. So basically, you're building uh, traditionally what this would be called is a panel. Is at least organized differently. In the old days, I remember panels, you know, where they have like you know, a million people or a thousand people. And it's typically they were used for surveying teenagers about the kind of yeah, media yeah, that they were using. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that still alive as a concept, panels? Is this like panel version two or is it very different? I would say that this is more upgraded version of the panel. Eventually, this is going to be more like a maintained panel. But see, your panel is very uh, transactional panel, you know, you, you ask someone to participate and they participate and then you, you, you just keep it and then you incentivize it. What we are building is, it's going to be a panel, but this is more like a engaged panel where the, the consumers are uh, actively participating in. So, you know, it, it's more like a same information is being used for multiple telcos, multiple FMCG, multiple beverages. So that's where I'm, I'm, on, I'm, I'm getting best mm. output from using same information for multiple brands in the same category. And that's where, you know, it, it gives me a lot more efficiency. It gives me much more real time. It gives me much more accuracy in terms of information because I know that person exists. I know there is a history behind it. I know there is activity behind it. And I do interact with that person always, you know. So that's the bit of a different approach. But yeah, I would say that this is more than a panel, but not just panel. So this right. is, yeah, yeah. So in the old days, I guess a client would have said, ask these 20 questions. Yes. Then you would have done that to a panel. But now mm. you're, you're asking a whole bunch of questions and then you're sharing that with... Yeah, the clients. Okay. Yeah. So, so we, we we still interact with a lot of panel people, and that's where you're seeing such a big number, big jump. You know, which is where we started uh, in in 2018 early days. So we still interact with the panel when it comes to getting information, getting our our algorithm understand much more about behavior, much more about sentiments. But eventually, uh, in in I think 2000. 19 onwards, we have started building our mobile app and then that's where we want to connect people, uh, not just claim information, but also behavioral information where I can reduce consumer uh, participation or, you know, uh, right. you participating or you answering me versus I access it by default and then I, I pay you in, in return as an as a incentive for giving me access to those information. So we have started building it uh, in mid-2019 and we fully launched it uh, in, in Q1 this year. Okay, and you've got some numbers here as well. If we can bring that slide back up, and we can probably talk through this if it's just for audio as well. That slide you were showing. So, so we, we, we have quite a good uh, partnership with a lot more panel providers in the market and then we, we produce uh, more than 3x numbers in, in most of the country we, we operate in. And, and when it comes to mobile app, we have developed 100,000 users in, in Malaysia and Singapore in last seven, eight months. Mm -hmm. yeah. These numbers here, are these with partner panels as well? Or we got here on the consumer panels, you've got, for example, 11 million in China. 
it's it's okay. our partner panel yeah that's true it includes some of our partner panels yeah got it okay so yeah. for you the growth really is now in building out the mobile app and taking that into these markets for example absolutely absolutely okay interesting um so okay fine we're done with this slide so i think you know what's kind of interesting is like the journey that you've taken like when obviously we met at murudi you were a startup who was focused on research servicing these clients and in 2019 you, you built this mobile app and that's really grown this year especially with the pandemic happening i guess that's given you a platform you wouldn't normally have had you know you wouldn't have had access like you would have had years ago moving forward obviously the mobile is a key part of this what do you know now about research two two plus three years into your journey as a startup that you didn't know when you started what did you learn you had some hypotheses when you started in 2017-18 and now you're here in a different place evolved what has changed for you as a business what do you know differently i mean See, we work for uh, B2C brands, right? We work for all the big, small enterprises. And uh, what I have learned in couple of uh, years, ever since we started from what we where we started in 2018, early days, I think people brands are not looking for your technology as a solution. They are looking for their business problems. So. I can't sell my platform. I can't sell my technology. You know, that's for me. Hmm. That's not for them. So they are still looking for. Hey, I have a idea screening stuff. I have a UNA to go. I have a packaging test to be done. I have a product testing to be done. I have a campaign to launch. I want to measure my effectiveness of the campaign. So, how do I use my technology to answer these questions? is what they are looking for so mm. they are still looking for the answers not the technology a i have developed the technology which will give you x y g a b c oh that's for you man i'm not interested you know yeah. I, you know so that's a bit of a change so technology is for good but is is how do i answer these questions using my technology is what i have learned how do you sell that then to a client that obviously you have great technology and you've got good insight and experience what was the sort of sales process like for you with these large corporates what, what do you do how does it work for you what works successfully because you're not going in and saying hey we've got this mobile app and a platform yeah um i imagine a lot of it is just listening to them and listening to what their problems are how, how does it work for you what's the sales process like so mostly you know our sales are done through many channels so we do uh, some digital marketing on linkedin we do some uh, conference or sponsorship uh, on and we speak we present we we bring our customer together on some of the work which we have done and then we go to present where you know uh, it's not just i'm sharing my technology but i'm also saying how this has helped our customers so we have partnered with Uh, brand like Colgate in past to co-present. We have partnered with Club Med. We have partnered with Air Asia. We have partnered recently with uh, British American Tobacco, uh, Kimberly Clark. So our, our approach has been always 
not to sell what i do let me bring someone who has used me and let's hear it from them so i talk about my technology and then let me uh, let's hear from the brands who has used who has worked and then how it has helped that has been really a, a great uh approach ever since we started in terms of acquiring and then bringing that uh, trust bringing that uh, confidence in the new customers and uh, then we usually do our usual enterprise approach where you know you connect through linkedin you send them some of your brochures do you have a cold call you understand and then then they send you a business uh, issue business you know research brief and then we kind of tell them hey look this is our new approach in order to do it and i'll tell you a story just yesterday i was having a chat with one of the top beverage brand in asia and uh, the marketing director was impressed with our approach in terms of understanding uh, idea screening approach of insights club versus the proposal they have received from rest of the big players so so what we do we don't want to copy paste what people are doing we don't want to simply give them hey i i i always offer more than what you are looking for which is where you know it's more like a holistic picture more uh, actionable and a more understanding of the consumer which can help you to wow. uh, develop your product design your campaign and plan your marketing strategy uh, even better yeah um that approach of working with your customer to co-present absolutely Absolutely. I mean, that's great advice for any startup founder out there as well, isn't it? Anybody who's sort of looking at you and thinking, how do I, you know, my location app, my marketing app, or whatever it is that they're doing, yeah. especially if it's an enterprise sale, learn from that approach. I suppose they'll ask, like, what's in it for the client? Why would they want to do it? Why would a client want to partner with you and give away the secrets in, the, like in, in a conference, for example? I mean that, that that's where you know it, it's it's a confidence right it's nothing secret you know it's the way they have used and then how it has helped them in in decision making uh, in terms of you know getting efficiency in the team right the brands are also looking for efficiency when i talk about in traditional way hey, i would need probably one or two days to design my research brief then i'll send it to the uh, agency and then the agency will probably take about a week mm. to come back another two weeks to propose and then you know it it takes really long and so it 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 works both way right it's not from the agency side it's also from the brand side that you are taking lot much of their time to work with you on very uh, you know it, it's a long process right so it it helps them hey you are in control you just get it right just use and and see what's in it for you so it it works well for them in terms of efficiency and everybody is looking for it right really save time where does it go from here mj what's the the plan obviously we've talked about the app as a big part of that and we talked about expansion tell me about your um expansion plans are you hiring are you raising funds what's public at the moment uh see uh we were planning to raise funds this year early this year uh mm. obviously we want to scale we want to grow we have lots of plans uh but because of the pandemic we thought of holding it because market is not ready and that it has also helped us uh fine tune pivot our offering so lot many changes we have done in our platform lot many changes we have done in our solution so there are we have we have come out with some new solution which can help 
brand understand consumer journey real time like a subscription based model not just ask for it but you have it and then you subscribe it so yeah. that's something we have we have developed we have also developed the ad tracking campaign uh, for all the brands where you can access my uh, subscription on the ad tracking data and then you get access to all your advertising all your campaign not only yours you will also know about your competitor and that's where we will uh, ex- you know expand our more uh, revenue on 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 subscription so the plans are definitely uh, scale so we have a partnership recently with uh, ada bangladesh so we have expanded our uh, base to bangladesh through our ada asiata digital services in bangladesh and uh, we have our plans to start and and get in get it going in indonesia and vietnam and thailand next year so that that's the key thing which we are looking for in terms of market expansion uh we are also looking to acquire more than a million user in mobile app in next 6 to 8 months time so that's going to be a big difference and in terms of building our subscription based model okay and staffing wise are you expanding are you hiring cuz oh, sometimes people watch this and they think i want to work with these guys they sound like they we are hiring we are hiring always we are uh, we have hired a customer success manager last week at, okay. and we have yeah so we are we are hiring uh, in singapore we are hiring in malaysia we are in conversation with some of the big guys in 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 indonesia because you know i need to start with the big to uh, and then we will yeah. hire more so even in indonesia and in thailand and in vietnam so we are hiring and we will hire a lot more hiring is going to be in q1 q2 next year all right okay yeah. and in particular any hard skills that you're looking for we we, we are we are looking for a mixed uh, set of people so we are looking for some techno you know a mobile app developer uh we are looking for a consumer community manager we are looking for customer success manager and senior manager and even director and and we are also looking for few sales guys in in these markets mm-hmm. so some business business development uh, head or, or other guys yeah yeah and you've mentioned all the markets as well so anybody who's listening who's thinking please do 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 uh click do contact us on yeah. linkedin facebook uh, on any way if you are looking or if you are interested to uh, work with a growing startup we have grown during even pandemic time mm. so you know it's it's a proven and we do work with some of the blue chip brands in the market and we are doing a lot uh, working with them so yeah it, it's a great place to work with guys so please come yeah join us yeah so you can feel the energy yeah exactly. the enthusiasm yeah what is the best way for people to contact you mj how do you like people to reach out linkedin email website i, I would say that uh, just hit us on linkedin uh, yeah. or drop us an email and and, and we we will uh, we, we we will be reaching out to you for for the discussion yeah fantastic well there you go i mean it's a great story and um i'm really pleased to see that you're thriving in the pandemic It's not easy right now. I mean obviously, you know, there there's a lot of startups out there who relied on the next round of funding to stay afloat. Mm-hmm. And obviously things have been put on hold and that has meant that some startups have disappeared, especially, you know, in the tech space, right? So I think the fact that you're thriving as well, you're still hiring, is a great sign. Um you're still expanding. As they say, I mean, you know, 
the the best time to start a startup is often during a recession or a pandemic, right? Because <laughs> that's when you know people yeah. have a look around. I'm yeah. sure your clients now are probably thinking that this is creating an urgency to shift in your direction, right? Absolutely, yeah. Which is, you know, I, I think you know um, there was a need of an alternate methodology in the market for quite some time. But, you know, because of the, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy with what I'm doing. You know, I, I don't need to change. Mm. But this pandemic has forced them to think and, and to some extent, not just think, to use. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's experience what makes your decision and then, you know, change your decision. So uh, I think uh, the pandemic has been a really great experience. And, and, and uh, I would say that... Uh, we, we onboarded some of the new customers during the pandemic time. <laughs> wow, that's good. So, and yeah. I know the best part is we didn't do much of a marketing. It was referral from the yeah. existing customers. So I think that's the great, that's a brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I know it's a good sign, isn't it? That yeah, there's yeah. more to come as well. It's yeah. creating the urgency that's shifting people across to your way of thinking. Mm -hmm. that may, yeah. It may have taken two to five years, right? Yeah, yeah. But now yeah. it's, it's creating that sort of energy yeah. that people yeah. now need to do this because yeah. things have changed. Yeah. Well, that's great. And um, thanks for sharing your story today, MJ. It's good to see you again. It and was pleasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was always, yeah. We're going to get an update, I'm sure, next year sometime and see where you are. All those predictions that you made. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you put those numbers out there, a million users. <laughs> I, I'm going to write those down and remember yeah. them, hold yeah. you to tasks. Yeah. 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 I think we are, we are quite confident, uh, Graham. We are very confident. We have been doing pretty well ever since we started. We, we, we did quite well so far. And, uh, you know, uh, what makes me continue doing and, and, and continue focus is what we deliver month on month. You know, when I solve, when I acquire, when I get new customer, when I deliver a higher revenue and when I say my people are happy doing what they are doing. So, you know, people retention. So we, we, we managed to keep all the guys which we have hired even last one and a half year or two years. So that makes us, hey, we are in a right direction. So let's keep on doing, let's keep, you know, keep on uh, giving our best. So we will keep on doing it. And then I think we are confident of uh, making it uh, a big disruption and, 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 and really a good change for the industry. And uh, what we want, definitely we want to give a, a better experience of using insights to the customer, you know, because that, 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 that experience is what makes them uh, use or not to use. So I think that's what we are working for. Fantastic. Yeah. MJ Kumar from Insights Club, everybody. And we welcome him back and looking forward to a future episode where we see, keep that momentum going, MJ. Thanks for joining us today. Really appreciate that. And thanks to everybody who is watching all over Asia and maybe beyond. If you enjoyed this conversation with MJ, then obviously you can reach out to him. You can easily Google the man. It's a unique name, so that will come up. <laughs> Find him on LinkedIn, find the team, find the Insights Club website. Do you want to give a shout out to the website URL just so that people can spell it right? Hey guys, uh, please uh, look out for www.insightsclub.com. It's I-N-S-I-G-H-T-Z-C-L-U-B.com and, and, and look out for us and uh, happy to have you and, and have a conversation to discuss any sort of opportunity. Excellent. There you go. 
Thank you. All the best. And we'll see you soon. You've been watching Pitch Deck Asia. My name's Graham Brown. Thank you very much, everybody. Take care. That was Pitch Deck Asia. My name's Graham Brown. Pitch Deck Asia is a platform to give startups in Asia a voice. We give them a show to help them tell their story. And if you love these startup stories and like hearing more about the journeys of the founders, go and check out our channel, which is available at pitchdeck.asia. That's pitchdeck.asia. Head along to the channel, subscribe, follow us, and feel free to leave a comment or a rating on our channel as well. We'd love to hear your feedback.